Shabbat Shalom. This week's Torah portion contains the Ten Commandments. Now, many people know some of these commandments well and take them seriously. They know the ones about honoring parents, theft, murder, and they try to observe them. They know the one about adultery and try to observe it. Well, on reflection, I'm not so sure about that one. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, the less said, the better. While practically all Jews know about Shabbat, few really take the commandment mandating Shabbat observance seriously or even realize that it's part of the Ten Commandments. Shabbat observance is part of the Ten Commandments. In Israel, most secular Jews observe Shabbat in some way because the, natural, the national culture renders this day different from all other days. And even secular Israelis have some beautiful moving observances every Shabbat. They can go to their families, they spend time with their own nuclear families, they visit their parents. In normal times you can stand on the Tel Aviv promenade and watch hundreds of Israelis streaming to outdoor restaurants for Shabbat brunch. Some of you have been with me to Israel on some of those uh, missions. By the way, for those of you who are either here or you're listening online, we're planning our Israel missions. We're coming back. So mark your calendar if you think you're coming or you want to come. March, 19, March 2022, March 2022, and December 2022. We're planning on those two dates. But for many American Jews, Shabbat is just another day of the week. Offices are generally closed, but many of us just plow through work at home. We shop, we entertain ourselves. For many, there's little holy or even meaningful about our Shabbat observance. What our Orthodox fellows often report is boredom, because for them, Shabbat is not doing much. After morning prayers, they spend the afternoon mostly idle. All of the trappings of modern life that fill our Saturdays, entertainment, shopping, movies, theater, museums, television, even cooking, are off limits for Orthodox families, either because they involve electricity, or if they can figure a way out of the electricity issue through electrical timers. Still, many of these activities are considered contrary to the spirit of Shabbat. So, they derive a sense of boredom on Shabbat afternoon, of whittling down Shabbat afternoons, waiting until sundown, which brings the prospect of renewed activity and engagement. Which got me to think that you know, most people are bored often in their lives, especially nowadays, in the midst of this pandemic, when so many spend so much time at home and the live entertainment industry is practically dormant. Americans have watched more Netflix than ever. And I wondered this week how much of that game stock shop that GameStop stock saga 
of Robin Hood, have you followed that? How much of that was at least partially due to bored people who are sitting at home all day and with nothing else to do, so they're trading. But even in conventional non-pandemic times, life is about routine and repetition, proficiency, and excellence are the result of doing something over and over again. Thirty years ago, the essayist and poet Joseph Brodsky delivered a commencement address at Dartmouth College that he called In Praise of Boredom. He warned these future elites of America, maybe some of our congregants were there, we have many Dartmouth graduates, he warned the future elites that adults are bored much of the time. How to contend with incurable malaise is not something that Dartmouth or any other liberal arts college prepares the students for, but it will be a central fact of your lives, he cautioned. And he said, he warned. You'll be bored with your work, your friends, your spouse, your lover. You'll be bored from the view from the window, and you will accordingly devise ways of escape. He warned the graduates that nobody is as bored as the rich, because money buys time, and time is repetitive. It's a brilliant observation. The reason Brodsky wrote that boredom deserves such scrutiny is that it represents pure, undiluted time in all its redundancy and monotony. Brodsky warned the graduates that for the elites, boredom will lead some down a path of destruction. They will consume alcohol and pills for the same reason that a drug addict needs his daily fix, to escape the monotony of life. So why did Brodsky entitle his address in praise of boredom? Because he suggested to the young graduates that having free time on your hands forces you to contemplate the infinity of time. And contemplating the infinity of time forces you to contemplate your own finitude. And contemplating your own smallness will hopefully promote a sense of humility in you. The more you recognize your own limitations, the more humble and compassionate you may be to others just like you. I think that Joseph Brodsky, who was a descendant of a prominent family of rabbis, captured something quintessentially Jewish. Our lives have meaning precisely because they are finite. Infinity Immortality would reduce the stakes of our lives to practically nothing. Mortality 
supercharges us with emotions, joys, fears, compassion, passion. The stakes are very high. Infinity is not terribly lively or emotional, he said. It's sameness on steroids of eternity. Because we're at a constant risk of loss. Because everything in our lives is contingent and irrecoverable. We have no choice but to find significance in the short span of our lives. This knowledge led Jewish tradition to urge humility. Brodsky was right about that. The rabbis felt that humility is the central virtue that leads to all other virtues. This is a key lesson for our pretentious times. We live in an arrogant age. We venerate pomposity and emulate boastfulness. We reward conceit. If being bored, if having time on our hands encourages us to consider our own microscopic moment within the vastness of time, it may lead us to a greater humility, a greater sensitivity towards those who are just like us, except they have it worse than we do. Thus, what Brodsky meant in praise of boredom is that there are elements of boredom that we should praise and welcome. Boredom means we have free time. And free time should lead us to an understanding that our time is limited and that we should do something worthwhile with this time. I was struck by the story in yesterday's paper, I don't know if you saw it, about people, many of them elderly, who after receiving their vaccination volunteer to help others receive their vaccinations. Because so many people can't figure out how they even get to appointments. So these people who have been vaccinated, they spend hours punching the refresh button on the city and state websites, not for themselves, but for strangers, for people who they don't even know. They expect nothing in return. They just want to help others because there is something humbling about finally getting the vaccine, knowing that others are caught up in a maze of bureaucracy and are deprived of COVID protection despite the fact that they qualify. That's what humility can do for us. This is what sensitivity of our own vulnerabilities can do. It can encourage us to help others, to sympathize with others, and to bond with others. Do not be afraid of boredom. You don't need to fill every moment of every available day with every conceivable 
activity. Slow down. Take some time. Freeing up time is why God gave us Shabbat and put it in the heart of the Ten Commandments. Use this time to contemplate the infinity of time and our own limited and fragile existence. And then, once Shabbat is over, go out and help others who have it worse. <laughs>